Happy Thursday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Apollo 13 Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of probably the greatest space history movie ever made, the 1995 uh, Ron Howard-directed feature, Apollo 13. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane, and normally uh, you'd hear uh, from Chris Henry, who is uh, right now on assignment with uh, EAA's, the Experimental Aircraft Association's, a great air venture program going on in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. So in his stead, we have our regular uh, go-to host, uh, my lovely wife, Nancy O'Kane. Hi, everybody. Surprise, it's me again. And we are recording this from uh, uh, our son's uh, house at the top of Mount Tabor in lovely Portland, Oregon, a refreshing change from a hot, hot Texas. So we're going to stop things dead in the middle if the babies come home because we haven't seen them in months. Yes, we're here, we're here for the grandkids. But in the meantime, with, despite all these different things going on uh, this week, we have a movie to talk about, and that, of course, is uh, our favorite, Apollo 13. And we're picking up right where we left off yesterday with, um, well, the, they're having some more family stuff going on with uh, Marilyn and Jim Lovell after uh, Jim sprung... Uh, the business on on her about uh, getting uh, getting this moon mission assignment. Um, we saw their car die, and uh, we're not exactly sure what the time frame is here, but it looks like it's getting pretty close to uh, launch date. So uh, we start with uh, they're in a uh, well. We're seeing a Jim uh, heading off in his flight suit, uh, getting ready to climb aboard his uh, his T thirty eight, which uh, of course was a standard trainer aircraft that was um, the uh, Kind of the default aircraft for all NASA astronauts. T-38 was very uh, a versatile craft. One of the things about it was it was a fly-by-wire system, which was uh, the control services, the the, uh, uh, the flight controls on it were not directly tied with uh, by mechanical means to uh, the control services of the plane. So it was a it was a rather uh, very forward-thinking plane. One of the uh, one of the great things about the trainers, both the T-33 and the T-38 was they actually had emulators that could emulate other aircraft. So if you wanted to learn how to fly, say, uh, a Northrop F-5 or um, uh, you know, an, an, an Intruder, an A-6 or anything like that, the, the plane could actually be programmed to act like another plane. So it was a, a great universal uh, trainer as well as kind of uh, high-tech uh, uh, sky taxi for all the places that the astronauts had to visit. They had to go to different sites in like Bethpage, Long Island to go see the lunar module being built or Downey, California to see the command module being built and just kind of be there for the troops who were building uh, all this equipment. Uh, one of the scenes after we see uh, after we see Jim Lovell getting in his T-38 is we see Marilyn working in her backyard in Houston doing a very rare event, which is being outdoors gardening. Yeah, that's um, that's not something you can do year-round in Texas, no matter how much sunscreen you put on. And back in those days, they didn't use a lot of sunscreen. But gardening season in Texas goes almost year-round, but you have to get the plants in early. You have to get them in February, March, maybe. I have discovered to my sorrow that if you wait and say, well, I'll get them all in by Memorial Day weekend, it's way too late for that. So we know that she must be, they must be approaching launch date, but they're not there yet because she's still able to concentrate on her garden instead of worrying about her husband. Yeah, and it's, I would say like mid-March probably. It seemed like February is when the garden stores start selling the flowers to be planted, and she's got a whole batch of them there. But as you look around in her yard, the rest of it's already beautiful and in bloom. So yeah, I'm saying we're getting close to launch date. And those look like 
kind of the standard uh, Texas flowers for for, for uh, yeah, springtime. Those, They're like impatiens and pansies, I think. Those or... are kind of generic garden flowers that you just go to the store and say, "Those are pretty. I'll take those." Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the other the other side of this whole thing is that's not actually being filmed in. In Houston, it's being filmed in Brentwood, California. Right, which, which is why they're sort of generic flowers. I don't see any cactus growing in the background. Or... Yeah, it, you really have to adjust your uh, <laughs> your foliage to match uh, the local stuff. As Jim and Marilyn were both Midwesterners, I think it would have come quite a shock to uh, to try to grow some of the things that you'd see in Brentwood, California. Um, <laughs> the uh, those that nice leafy oak tree there looked very very healthy, very wet. Yes which you don't you see usually a lot hardier varieties of oak around. Um, although they were right on a they were right on a lake, so maybe they were well watered. That, that's a, a good point. If you're close to a source of water, yeah, you can grow almost anything in Texas. Yeah. It's and a, it also, it looks like they're still, they haven't moved on from the discussion we had last time. It looks like he's still preparing for the mission and she's still digging in her heels and staying home at the house. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and yeah, one of the one of the things we had talked about on a previous episode is that anybody that was flying that low in a T thirty eight over a <laughs> over a, a neighborhood uh, would get their ticket pulled immediately. That that didn't look like it didn't look like five hundred feet. It didn't even look like two hundred feet. Weren't the standards a little lowered for astronauts I, though? I, Couldn't I, they get away with things? I, you know, it's it's surprised like they had enough people ready as backup. And since we're already going to find out that they will pull your flight if uh, if you don't behave or even if you come down with some, or you're, you're threatened with coming down with the measles, um, it's kind of a dicey thing. So I don't think I don't think Jim would have made a left turn over uh, <laughs> over his house at that kind of an altitude. I, I, but it's you know it's a nice look. It's a it's a pleasant uh, you know. Gosh, if if he could do that, he probably would have done it. And I don't think it would have been the the other part of it is, is at that altitude. I don't think it would have been that quiet. It would have it would have probably shattered windows. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, um, but she does look uh, she does look very nice, very well well coiffed out there in the uh, on her knees in that. Well, the that back. was back in the day when women had a standing appointment at the hairdressers every week, and yeah. she must have just come from hers. Yeah, we just missed that. We're just shy of. Oh, thank goodness. Now you have older sisters. Really. I have older sisters. I have my older sister. Well, I won't give away her age, but she is definitely of the same generation, I think, as Marilyn Lovell. And for years and years and years, she had a standing appointment Saturday morning at the hairdresser. She'd go, she'd get her, about once a month, she'd get it permed, and every other Saturday, she'd get it set. And then she'd go home, and she'd sleep on a satin pillowcase with her hair wrapped up in a net. And she did that for many years but wow. that was the way women you had to look a certain way or you wanted to look a certain way and yeah, well. I'm kind of glad we're away from all that because really I just couldn't deal with doing that every single week <laughs> in my life yeah all well, the Aquanet uh, stocks mm -hmm. probably fell exactly as the 70s dragged on um, but you know I mean it wasn't it wasn't only true of women we saw at the very beginning of this movie we we're seeing uh, Jim telling his uh, eldest son to get a haircut and that haircut looks like you know nowadays it would have a couple of couple of months to go before it grew in enough to i mean you could see freckles through his hair so right and and their daughter with her um hippie hairstyle there you know she didn't go for a standing appointment every saturday to get a perm no that was that was the end is near yep 
Now you would actually you would be about the same age. Yes, I am. Thank you. Yeah, for reminding so you me were, yeah, you'd be there. I I would have gone out in that kind of a Halloween costume if yeah, I could have. You would yes. have had that fight with your parents. Probably. So, oh well. Do you remember anything about when you were about that age? What you uh, what you dressed as for Halloween? Actually, that was one thing I wondered about in that scene in the movie because to me she seemed a little old for trick or treating. Yeah, because I think at the time Barbara was sixteen and sixteen-year-old. She might have been going to a Halloween party. Yeah, that that could have been. I don't think she was going. Well, I think I think the move there and Barbara is no, you know, she's not a dim bulb. She's a level. Mm -hmm. So I think what she would have done was gone out as a cheerleader and and hidden her other clothes yeah, somewhere around the corner at her friend's yeah, house. And, that, yeah, she'd be a hippie by the time she yeah. got to the party. Yeah. Well, I used to. Um, I remember in those days, I used to live not far from the Catholic high school, and the high school girls would walk past my house on their way to school in the morning. And right about when they got to my house, which was a block or two from the school, that'd be where they'd stop and they'd all roll up their skirts ah. so that they, when they left the house, it was you know knee length. And by the time they got to school, it was a mini skirt. Saw that more often than I can remember. Different world, different times. But it all was. within our lifetime, that's the amazing part. You know, it's just... Well, it's because we're old. Yeah, we're very old. So uh, speaking of old, one of the things that bothered me in this minute as we get to the uh, the part where it's just a few days before launch, and they're all and you know Ken Mattingly is still part of the team. They're getting their official uh, photographs taken uh, for the you know the portraits that they're going to hand out as eight by tens, and you see that. Uh, you see the big flash bulb. Go yeah, well, off. You, yeah, you see the, those big flash. Well, you're seeing them, but they're not changing the bulbs, which means that they are, they are the xenon tubes, which uh, had you know flash tubes had had taken over from those uh, one-use flash bulbs, but they're still using the sound effect of the of that steel wool catching fire inside the bulb. Oh, so that's when, so that we'll look and say, oh yes, look, they're taking flash pictures, and it's in the olden days. Yeah, that's the, that's the sound. I mean, it's like it's like hearing records, you know, when you hear music and the, and the record needle rips across. That's mm -hmm. we know what that sound means, even though nobody's ever going to be ripping a needle across a record <laughs> unless you're a, a hipster. Well, it could be a DJ. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, but that yeah, that sound. It's just funny that they're using the old sound. I, I know. I know a helicopter pilot who gets infuriated when watching any kind of movie featuring a helicopter because no matter what the helicopter that they're using is, they always have yeah, it's the, the, wuppa, 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 the bell, wuppa. yeah, the bell, the belt drive uh, bell that was used in the Korean War, and because that's that's kind of audiences know the universal mm -hmm. sound of that wee 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 sound of the uh, of the belts which were never used after after that, but that's that's the sound we associate with uh, with helicopters. And, and uh, this this is a, a Ron Howard film, is it not? And he's sort of firmly entrenched in the nostalgia thing. Well, he's part he's part of it, isn't he? I mean, gosh, between American Graffiti and and everybody asking him to conventions for Andy Griffith, I think. Yep. Yep. He he lives in that era, and he's doing quite well with it. Um, we're finishing on that particular in that particular minute with discussions of superstitions. And I was thinking, well, you know, we're past the days of lots of superstitions, but we do still have superstitions. I know the first day of the month for yes. me. Rabbit, rabbit. Yeah. If I don't say rabbit, rabbit when I wake up, I feel <laughs> really bad. And it's just something my mom said, and I had uh, cousins who said it. And it's just kind of, it's just part of the family that you wake up on the first day of the month, and the first thing out of your mouth better be rabbit, rabbit. 
And your your children say that too. My children say it too. So I, ru I ruined another generation. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm sure the younger generation now is developing their own superstitions, but us old people have to pass them along <laughs> as much as we can. Just ruining them for years. And now we're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have our grandkids visiting us, so we can impart to them. Yep. Hopefully, uh, we can get that in at the, at the beginning of the month. Don't forget to say rabbit, rabbit, kids. Yes, tomorrow morning when you wake up, that's the first thing you have to say. Ah, wow. And if they ask why, well, then we're in trouble. Because I told you that's Because mm -hmm. <laughs> Grandpa said so. We'll see that. We'll see if they buy that. Wow. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's pretty much all that's going on in this minute. It's kind of a, a mm -hmm. short minute. There's not not a lot of uh, not a lot of Apollo stuff happening. No, but we got to see Marilyn again. Is this the last time we see her? No, no, we're going to be seeing her through most of the mission. She's uh, on Earth watching TV all the time. So oh, we're going that's to be seeing, right, and with all the astronauts. We'll be seeing yes. a lot more Marilyn coming up. So she'll be very angry and all kinds of stuff and crying. And, and we'll see the kids and all that. But we'll, that, that's for later minutes. Um, but we're going, to have, uh, we're going to have many more interesting things to, to chat about in the, in the upcoming day. So uh, check back with us tomorrow. We've got a very fascinating guest. Not that our current guest isn't fascinating, but we've got a really super cool well you we'll just save it for friday but anyway a great way to wrap up your week tomorrow make sure you're, you're here tomorrow it's it's someone with some family connections isn't it yeah a bit, mm. a bit of okay. family connection not our family but no somebody's family. no so we'll, no spoilers no spoilers anyway if you have not listened to previous episodes of this where we have lots of cool uh, guests please join us at the apollo 13 minute uh, website apollo 13 minute.com apollo 13 minute.com you can find us, if you want to talk back, we are always available on Twitter at Apollo 13 Minute. You can find us on Facebook at the Apollo 13 Minute Mission Control. Uh, if you are not a subscriber on iTunes or Google Play, please go to iTunes or Google Play and subscribe. Just hit the button and you'll get this episode and many more. We've got 100 and, gosh, almost, almost 100 and, well, about two hours worth more of episodes worth of minutes coming up. So. Uh, go out to iTunes or Google Play, click subscribe, and get this delivered hot and fresh every morning, uh, Monday through Friday. Uh, looks like we are coming up on loss of signal, so we will catch you on the other side tomorrow Friday. Join us on the Apollo 13 Minute.